0: Kiss My Aesthetic,
1: You're listening to Kiss My Aesthetic, your go-to podcast for bragworthy branding, marketing, and entrepreneurship advice. I'm your host, Michelle Winterstein of MKW Creative Co. Let's dive into the episode. Greetings and welcome back to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I have another three-letter Creative Co. <laughs> business owner on the line. Hi, Emma. Hi, I'm so excited
0: to be here. Yeah, I don't I don't have a co at the end. That's the only difference is I'm oh, just true, ESM true, creative. True. So we got, But we both got those dots too.
1: <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. For anyone who doesn't know you yet, and we've only quickly become fast friends in the last few months, but I've followed you forever. And I think we've been in a lot of the same spaces. But for anyone who doesn't know you, can you tell us who you are, what you do, and who you help?
0: Yeah. So uh, my name is Emma McGoldrick, and I'm the founder and lead designer is my uh, current title. It changes regularly, but um, of ESM Creative Studio, um, we're a branding and illustration studio based in New York City. I mainly do personal and small like business slash creatives branding, and then also a big illustration component to the business as
1: well. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I followed you since... I'm trying to figure out when I maybe first came across your account, but it's been a while. I want to say, cause I can remember where I was living when I started following it, which was <laughs> like three spots ago. So that would have been like 2020, maybe the okay. pandemic is yeah, when yeah, I yeah. found your account. Um, because you and I both have a love of color and oh, yes. have a lot of brands that are just really fun and really beautiful and engaging and creative and colorful. How do you describe your style to someone who's never seen it before?
0: Yeah, I would definitely say I, I always struggle with this because I feel like feminine has like unfortunately, a negative connotation when it comes to branding sometimes. But I, my style is very feminine. It's feminine. It's colorful. It is full of energy. And that, yeah, so it's it's kind of has that feminine touch, which I used to kind of shy away from saying that. And I think it's because my personal style, like as a human, I'm not very feminine. So mm. I struggle like kind of embodying that like a lot of my friends in person like well or people I'll meet in, in real life they'll be like oh like I want to see your work and I'll show them my Instagram or my website and they're like oh like there's a lot of pink on here I'm like yeah, yeah there's a lot of pink <laughs> um <laughs> they're always surprised like I think they're expecting it to be like neutral and like mainly blacks and like I'm very like type a and and I wear a lot of black Okay, the New York City uh uniform but my illustration style is very like bubbly y, lots of texture you know all the all the fun things
1: oh yeah we're going to get into all that with your design style and aesthetic and everything but let's rewind it to the beginning let's tell people kind of how you started and how you found yourself in the freelance graphic design brand design space
0: Yeah. So I started doing design work in college. Um, totally. I honestly can't, when I think back to it, I can't really picture like what made me start like learning Photoshop or Illustrator or any of those things. I I started with Photoshop and it was because my college gave us like a, a, it was like free to download on your computer. I was like, Oh, I guess I'll hack around in this program a little bit. Um, but I was a biomedical engineering major in school and I got really like bored slash like, I didn't see myself doing it for like the long-term and I had started doing design work for like clubs I was in and also just like for myself and watching a lot of YouTube tutorials. And I was like, I love this world. And for some reason I didn't even know when I was growing up slash like, I didn't know graphic design could be, you know, I knew that design was a thing and I had always been kind of artistic. Like I took art and caught high school and um, my mom's super artistic and an incredible watercolorist. And so she was big inspiration and kind of the opening the art world up for me. But I just didn't know that like you could be a logo designer, you could be a brand designer, or even like an illustrator was like an actual career. I always thought it was thought of something people didn't link aside or it was like, I don't know. I just kind of didn't have this whole conceptual idea of what I was getting myself into. And so my junior year of college, I decided to switch my major to marketing because my school, I went to the university of South Carolina and my school didn't really have, I think it's a lot more robust now but it didn't really have a full graph design major. It was more of a visual communications within the journalism school. And I wasn't sure that I wanted to go full-fledged graphic designer. Um, so I thought marketing would be kind of like a good, like dipping my toe in the pond of creativity, but still having like a business degree when I was graduating. And so I uh, changed my major and I kept doing design work on the side. And at that point, that's like when I say, so I started doing design work in like 2016, but I say that I founded my company at five years ago. So 2018 would be like my founding year because that's when I actually started like promoting it. I created an Instagram account. That was like my first post on Instagram. So that's what I say. That's my like established mm-hmm. date.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah. So March, 2018. Uh, but yeah, so I started doing that and I started actually like talking about it and putting it out there, which I think is like the hardest part. Um, I still didn't have like a website or anything. I had an Instagram account and a Google drive link I would send to people if they need a quote unquote portfolio. And so I started doing a lot of work locally in my college town. Columbia, South Carolina is like a really, honestly, I would live there if it wasn't my college town. It's a really cool kind of like fun people doing cool stuff, like new restaurants and like cool branding. And so I started doing local work. My first client was my yoga teacher that I would go to regularly. I like, would say yes to things I had never heard of. And I'd go home and Google,
1: (laughs) teach myself how Mm -hmm. to do
0: it. Um, and so, and I'd barter, I'd like trade. I loved, in college, it was amazing because I was like, I worked for this grocery store, this like bougie, kind of like healthy grocery store. And I did some design work for them and I would like trade groceries. And I was like, heck yeah. Like oh that's, yeah! that's <laughs> in college, that's like amazing. And same with yoga, like I would trade yoga classes for doing design work and so on and so forth. And so I, yeah, that kind of opened up the world of it actually becoming a career. Um, and then in 2019, I started working for, Thousand ago, podcast uh, my junior or my senior year of college. It was like a very, I feel like it was the right place, right time, weird, totally. like happening. But I was like really, really into podcasts. And they were like some of the first influencers to start, start a podcast and to like actually create a business out of it. They were so on top of the game for doing that at the time they did it. Um, and at that point, I had listened to like a ton of like how I built this and like mm-hmm. the kind of more like businessy side of podcasts. And so I reach out to them and ask them to, um, if I, you know, I, I was like, I heard you're looking for somebody to cover, like here is some ideas I have for the cover. And then also here are some other ideas that other podcasts are doing that you guys could either a further monetize your podcast, like B grow the audience. Like at that point, they didn't have a separate Instagram for the podcast. And that also wasn't really popular back. Like it was True. the, co- the hosts of the podcast would have an Instagram, but not necessarily like one for the Instagram. Yeah, it was I think that's kind of what made my email stand out among like I'm sure they got so many emails. But starting to work for them is what really launched my ability to go full-time out of school. And so when I was graduating from college, I I had interned in marketing between my junior and senior year in New York. Um I knew I wanted to come here and I also was in a long-term relationship and he was moving to New York, so I was like I, you know, let's do it. Um now's the time, I guess. And I gave myself six months working for myself because I had applied for some marketing jobs for some traditional quote unquote nine to fives. And I was really shocked by the price tag on those jobs, like the salaries. I was like, whoa, like this is so much lower than I ever thought mm-hmm, I would mm-hmm. be making out of college with like a, a business degree. So I, I kind of had known at that point, I had been doing more research on like pricing. I had taken a couple of courses. I had listened to every podcast that ever existed about Becoming graphic designer at that point there wasn't that many, and so I gave myself six months. I had worked in food and bev and like been a babysitter all through college to pay for school, so I knew I had some things to fall back on if I needed them. Like I could get a barista job, I could nanny in New York. There's you know it's a city of opportunities, so I did that and I moved to New York, and I went totally like balls to the wall. Oh yeah, on, <laughs> on like networking and on. Uh, I joined. I was. I, it was a big price tag at that point. Like for me, I was like, kind of like, should I do this? And it's the best thing I ever did because I still have clients from joining this co-working space I joined when I first moved to New York. So I, I joined a co-working space and I would go to. They had like tons of. They had, like book club and networking events at night and like they'd have authors come in and they'd have. um, we had, there was one event for like Cara Delavine. She was there. Like it my just, gosh. like the, it was, yeah, it was like, a it was called, you probably know it. it's the wing.
1: Yeah. I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like
0: an all women's co-working space. It came up, uh, during COVID that it was like super corrupt. And so I didn't ah, reach It's still around. And <laughs> yeah. So, you know, all, all good yeah, things. Once <laughs> yep. Um, but I still have like several clients from my, either from people that connected me to them via the wing or people I met at the wing one of my like favorite clients to this date is a woman who stood up one day and was like, any graphic designers in the room? And I was like, ah, me. me. <laughs> and to it. this day, We still have a monthly retainer. So, um, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Was, that was like, one of the best things I ever did, but yeah. So that's kind of how I started and how I was able to kind of go full-time freelance right out of school. And um, yeah, I feel like we have kind of similar stories because we're both totally self-taught and like didn't major in design and just like, yep. kind of, Fell upon it, yeah.
1: Yep, I know. I see a lot of similarities in our story, and I think that um the most hilarious thing about when I go back and read old, old reviews is there's so much emphasis on design style, but really, what keeps clients and what keeps them coming back is being organized. Oh my god, yes, yes. And I know this is a huge passion for you. You have <laughs> yeah. your podcast, Sorted oh, Pod. Yeah. <laughs> you were selling me on Notion, like I'm <laughs> still. I'm like I know if I open Notion there's going to be no going back. Like I think I need to <laughs> use it for my birthday party is the first thing I need to like oh, put in all of our birthday I stuff. I just
0: made a retreat or a, a itinerary for a trip that I'm going on with friends and they all were like Emma like, like you're insane. I like being loved yeah. it
1: and hate me at the same time. <laughs> Right. Okay. So, yeah. what's what's you ask your guests what's in their desk drawer? But what's on what desktop programs are you using? What's in, what are your browser bookmarks? That's what I want to know.
0: Oh. Oh. So I okay. I use Chrome. A, <laughs> and then B. I use. Um. So I have four emails open at, at all time. I have my personal. I have my regular business. Yes, I'm creative. I have my Podcast email open, and then I have an email for I host retreats for female entrepreneurs called Goal Guild, and I have that email open as well. And so in Chrome, a lot of people don't not like. I feel like when I say that, like yes. it's just no, one of those things that people it. don't know, um, and it, not like you know everyone. It's just something I didn't know until Are I. Are you
1: about to blow my mind right now?
0: So you can have tab groups for each email.
1: Oh. <laughs> so I
0: have tab groups for each of these emails, and then you can if you have like for example, for my retreat we're we're ordering stuff for the goodie bags right now, so I have like all these Amazon tabs open, but they're in that tab group, and you can like close the tab group so you don't see those, yeah, it's the best hack on Chrome ever to exist.
1: I know this is a podcast, but my jaw's on the floor. <laughs>
0: Dang it's it. so cool. It's such a great, I'll show you uh, I'll share my screen later, please, but it's the please. best way to keep like multiple, if you have like multiple businesses going on or if you have like a, uh, sometimes I know some freelance friends of mine or from some studio owners of friends of mine will have an email set up with like a regular retainer client that they, sure, you know, sure, they, sure. they want to keep it in house or whatever. Sure. So like you can do it with that. Um, some people wow. you can also set up like separate Chrome,
1: like I've done that before. Profiles. Profiles. But
0: those are annoying because then you have to like slide between them. This is on just like one Chrome tab, like one Chrome window. What? So, so yeah. it's
1: like a folder. Like it's a- like a folder
0: in your window. Yeah.
1: <gasps> and it like
0: and it slides open and closed. And then I keep a couple things pinned. I keep like my Instagram pinned at the yep. front. So then I ha- yep. always have that open. I have my Same. Instagram pinned. I have my TikTok pinned because I like pull links all the time from there for Different stuff, and then I have one other thing pinned. Oh, I have uh, LinkedIn pinned because I'm trying to be better about posting LinkedIn. But uh. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. (laughs) I struggle with it. It's such a pain, and I also just feel so silly being like, "Hello!" Like I don't know why it's it's still social media, but it's just like all my friends from like college are on there, and I feel like they're like annoyed. Yeah, it is more stiff. So, but yeah, that's on there. Okay, yeah, that is the best. Then Notion. I have the desktop app. I swear by it. Um, I. Again, I have a Notion workspace for all those things I just mentioned. And I have hubs for all my team members on there. It is my holy grail. I make all my my clients uh portals on there. So that's how like I communicate with clients and via email. Fabulous. That's kind of it. I am a big ba- oh and Slack. I use Slack for like my team and for like we have a golden gold Slack and I just I just like Slack. I know some people hate it, but I like Slack when it's
1: used well. I dislike yeah. Slack when things like conversations about certain things aren't put in the channels that they're supposed to go. Yes. 100%. Because then people lose track of details and it's like yeah. it's counterintuitive to even using the program. Exactly. Yeah, I completely agree. You yeah.
0: Know? I my so my my team members we use it. We have like organized channels. We make like a channel for each project we're working on.
1: So mm-hmm. that like mm-hmm. if
0: we have any notes, instead of like sending it as a DM, just like in your DM chat, we send it in like the and they know I'm so anal about it. So they'll,
1: if they uh-huh. send it in a wrong channel accent, accident,
0: they'll like delete it and then send it in the, right, put it in the right
1: one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. We have that too with Basecamp. So I've been a diehard Basecamp person for like nine years, mostly because this is the tool that my mom used and kind of trained me
0: as oh, her cool. interior okay. design
1: business. She trained me. This is how you use this for business. And this is what I like about Basecamp is you can toggle on certain things for the client to see and then for them to not see. Yeah,
0: that's really nice.
1: Which is really handy because I don't maybe I don't want them to see all the to-do lists for an eight-week project. I just want them to focus on this week's to-dos, so we can toggle yeah. those off so that it's not visible. But what other organization tools? Notion is is your holy grail, like you said. Do you have other things? You organize like notes in your phone some crazy way. Like, (laughs) I know you have more. Like, tell us your secrets. I
0: will will say one thing really quick based on what you said about Basecamp. I Uh think that organizational systems, like from honestly, I would probably love Basecamp, but I'd have to like train myself on it and move everything over there. I think when people are talking about organizational systems, like if you already have something in place, like master that. I feel like it's... Everything can kind of work for you. Like they're all they're all fine. You know, they all have their pros and they all have their cons. You know, with Notion, you can't toggle on and off or something like that. So sure. that would be like a nice ad- addition. But it's also just like what you make the system. Like if you you just have to kind of commit to one. I feel like because I feel like when I was first starting out, I was so overwhelmed by all the systems, and I also was like, I would try them out, and then I'd be like, this doesn't work. For me. Like it could have worked for me. I just needed to like actually put my effort into it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so with my notion. And then I also use Hello Bonsai for like invoicing contracts, all that nonsense. Oh, I, have, um, I don't know that one. Yeah. It's like HoneyBook. It's the same. I right. think with Hello Bonsai, they, when I first, so I first started using it right when I like, I guess four years ago because I just needed a, a and it was like cheap and it was easy. And I really liked, it was aesthetic. Like, honestly, that's why I picked yeah. it. Cause like yeah. the invoices were already like really clean and you just added like a banner, your logo. And it was like, all nice and clean and They're pretty. <laughs> so I like that part of it. Um, since I joined it like four years ago, it's totally like, built out. Like it's a I think it's oh. like an equivalent to Basecamp now. Wow. So I think I could do all like the project management stuff on it, but I just use it for contracts now. And I could also right. send my uh, contracts through like, you know, technically like Notion and use like Adobe like Acrobat or whatever. Clunky, to though. Them. Yeah, Clunky. it is. So I like I pay like ten bucks a month for it and I like being able to just send contracts and
1: yeah. Yeah. The best thing about having great tools is that um you should always be prioritizing the client experience, right? Absolutely. So making sure that you're you're making time in part of your onboarding to train the client about where they're gonna get things, when it's gonna be delivered to them, how you'd like to receive feedback, I think is a big miss for like young designers. Like I used to do this and I mean twenty fifteen through twenty eighteen. I was like, no, I'm just gonna do it all over email. Like yeah, <laughs> send design yeah. files back and forth in zips and Google drive links and so-and-so needs access. And I'm telling you, like investing in your systems is going to be the best money you've ever spent because you alleviate so much headache and you make it such a better client experience. Yeah. Don't yeah. you think? I a hundred percent think and I agree. Not think. Oh, um, I, <laughs> I definitely think from time to time. Oh, oh my God.
0: <laughs> I, um, yeah. And I also think that like with systems like that, You know, when you're using it like that and your clients are are interacting with it, like uh, your client doesn't want to come on and have to like, if they're paying you uh, most of the time, they're not going to want to learn a new thing just like for you. And like, if it's a, you know, with brand design, if you're just working with them for a month, two months, three months, whatever it is, it's not worth your time to have to like onboard them onto this like clunky thing too. So it's really great to find like something that's easy to use. Um, and with that, another tool I love is loom, um, which I know uh, you you use, you love loom and, um. Uh, Canva has one that you can like presentation uh-huh. record. I explained it as like a one-way Zoom call. Um, it's like uh-huh. recording a podcast with yourself. But um, I love, so whenever I set up, I set up the Notion portal for my client, I actually record a customized loom of their Notion portal. So, and I color code it. So anything the client has to figure out, sign, look at any, like anything that is client, the client owns, I market in green. So yeah. they know when they look at the notion, you can really color code easy in notion. So like any page that they have to look at is green, any like thing they have to like sign or like, I have like a few, like I have like office notes in there and it's about like my office hours and like late fees and all that kind of stuff. That's all in green. And so I explain in the loom, like, this is our system you will most likely be touching it like four or five times. You're not gonna have to really use it that much. It's just for us to have a place to keep everything organized, for you to put your notes, for me to put my notes so we know we're on the same page. And you know, that's I think what the one big part is that's nice is making a system. And I'm sure you're like that with Basecamp as well. It's more for your team and it's like a part of something that the client has to interact with, but it's not really like it's not like you're putting it on your client. I also totally. think that Yeah, you're not like putting on your client and it's also like something that's like integrated into your system and not really, you know, and, and also, yeah,
1: templatized,
0: templatized, yes,
1: right? Templatized. Make it once, don't reinvent the wheel every time. Yeah. Like, make it so that you're cutting back on the amount of time and you're cutting back on the variables. I always kind Absolutely. of explain it as like when you go bowling and you put up the bumpers on the bowling. Yeah. Line where you kind of need to put guardrails on it so that we know like this is what we're doing and here's where we're going. And we're not going to go over here or over there. You have less opportunity to end up in the gutters because there's like a clear directive, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming with Notion, you're doing a lot of templates as well, project templates. Oh, it's
0: all templates. Yeah. Of course. And I also have found since I, so Notion I've implemented in the last like six months. And before that I was mainly email and then more bonsai. And then um, I, yeah, so I wasn't like, totally systemized. And I've noticed with, with, since doing my notion, I call them notion portals for my clients. Clients also love being involved in the process. Like they love, cause there are, when you're doing design work, there's pro, you know, there's a week where I'm like, okay, I'm working on the logos. Like, and they don't really see or like know your progress. And so I'll mm-hmm. put like a to-do list in, Notion, in the Notion portal and I'll like check off as I'm going along or like I can add comments and I can tag them and be like, Hey, Marnie, I just want to let you know, like I'm working on the templates today. Like everything's mm-hmm. uploaded to Canva and you can take a look or I'm working on, you know, the social icons or, you know, whatever it is, what phase I'm on. I've gotten a lot of great feedback from clients that they love that portion of it on no matter what your system is that just of like course. having clients feel like they're involved in the process and it's not just like a hands off. Um, you know, right? Uh, yeah, right. I've, I found that that's a good positive of it as well.
1: That's how I ended up doing live streaming. Yeah was showing the process, right? Uh, I've done some
0: illustration live streams inspired by you, but I, uh, I haven't gotten to the, I need to, I'm so, uh, we've talked about this. I'm, I'm self-conscious of my design, my uh, self-taught design style. And no, I just we were going to, to talk it.
1: about this on the <laughs> podcast. This is a great, this is a great segue because we, we talked when we talked last week, we're like, Oh, we should talk about how like the parts of your process that make you feel insecure are actually the best things to share. It sounds counterintuitive but by peeling back the curtain and showing how the sausage gets made and like finding creative ways to get stuff done you actually create so much more trust with your audience because you're not putting out that you're hundred percent perfect and that you're hundred percent like doing everything by the book what's the book I mean the world is totally <laughs> yeah. different from when we even went to college and neither of us majored in graphic design yeah. so and
0: there's ten ways to do there's ten ways to make a circle like it's totally so
1: Totally. Yeah. So yeah. what part of your design process do you feel like you'd be like, Ooh, I don't want to like let that totally be known yet.
0: I think that like, honestly, just the whole like, uh, like ideation to like, just like when I'm like fooling around with things and I don't like what I'm, it's not like perfect yet, which it, it's never perfect, but like when it's not like a whole idea yet, I think that's like a hard sure. part. I think I'd have to start with when I start, like, for example, when I started doing illustration, um, lives, the first couple I did, I had a sketch already. And then like, I was like, okay, I think I could do the sketch live. And I got a lot more interest on the one, which I don't know if that had anything to do with it. I think it might've been the time of day or something, but people were interested from the beginning to the end. My my mom still hasn't figured out how to watch Instagram or uh, TikTok live. She's like, I was on your profile at 10 o'clock. I just didn't see anything pop up. I'm like, mom, <laughs> yeah. I, I, click tell, it. I finally showed her how to do it. But So um, funny. Yeah. And I was just a bit, that made me think of, um, I I included like the sketch portion in this last one. And I think that I just need to like let go of the perfectionism part of it. And I'm not even really a true perfectionist, but I'm like, it's more of just kind of like exactly what you said. It's how the sausage gets made. I'm like happy to show when the sausage is in like the pot and we're putting it in casing, but I don't want to show me like cutting up the the chunks of meat and like putting Mm -hmm. all the other salt and Mm -hmm. stuff in there. Yeah. And it's not necessarily because I like, don't oh, if anyone ever was like, How do you do that? I will tell you anything and at all, because I learned from other people. And so like, I'm happy to learn, teach you. So it's not necessarily about like showing my process like that way, like being like, Oh, they're gonna steal it. I'm making a logo, like anyone, you know, if you can learn how to do that. Right. And you know, you're not gonna be able to like take my brain. So like, you know. Sure,
1: sure. I mean, what's what's more compelling to watch, right? What's more compelling to watch? a singer songwriter with their final song or a singer songwriter working out their riffs and trying to come up with lyrics. That's why we loved uh, the hand Montana movie. Uh-huh. 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 <laughs> uh-huh. Because how cool is it? I watched a Shania Twain TikTok this morning where she was talking about, man, I feel like a woman that it took them weeks to get to that one liner. And the composer of the song was dead set on the end of the riff ending with a one liner. That was kind of a mic drop moment. And that it took them forever to get there, but he was so adamant about it because that was his vision that they had to keep working at it, keep working at it, keep working at it. But that whole story just goes to show you that like, yes, the final result is great. Like, awesome, amazing. It's an iconic song. But how much more interested are we in the actual process? Because even if to Shania Twain, she feels like, I don't have it. Like I tried this liner. I tried this one liner. I tried this one liner and I couldn't get it. It wasn't clicking. It wasn't clicking. But we, as people, I'm not a music person. I wouldn't even think where to start with something like that. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. How do you come up with like a zinger of a one liner? <laughs> it's just crazy. So I think that that's where if we, we change our mindset a little bit of like, obviously the final product is going to be impressive because it's the final product. But yeah can we show the messy process? And is there something to be learned by the person who's looking to hire you to see you work through a bunch of rejects?
0: Yeah, that's absolutely true. And, and to see that you like, especially people that are hiring you, they see that final product and like, Oh wow, you did a great job. But like, they don't see, you know, they paid you for this logo, but they didn't, they don't realize they're paying you for all the ideas and all the time you spent thinking about it. And like the time I spent at night staring at the ceiling, like imagining how am I going to end that? Why, you know, like whatever it is, I think it's really interesting. Like that that portion of it is showing like kind of behind the curtain of right. you know what they're actually getting, you know, they're actually paying for a lot than just that final product. Um yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And I also that's now nah, I want to go live. But no, <laughs> I, <you> know, <laughs> I also just am not intuitively good at filming or like recording my process. Like so ah. many people on TikTok that I watch are so good at like just like they record like they just set up a tripod like behind them and it's them working and they just like remember to like film their workflows and like these day in the lives uh-huh. so, they're like I want to make one of those Wes Anderson tick trending oh TikToks gosh. so bad but I'm like I what I don't own a I don't own a tri- like I have a little desk tripod okay, but I don't okay step
1: like, one a- get a tripod <laughs> <laughs> that's a very easy fix Emma that's a very but I, easy like,
0: fix wrote down a whole plot of like Okay. Day in the life as a graph designer, Wes Anderson edition. and I was like, have all these ideas of like shots and stuff, but and it's more just like execution. I just need, I just need to do it. I, I'm sure. just giving excuses now. but Sure,
1: sure, sure. Yeah. Well, now we're yeah. going to hold you to it. <laughs> the nice I thing is, it. is some of the programs that you use, like Procreate has the automatic yeah. export time-lapse function. And that's so that like helps all you
0: that part. I've shared on like TikTok. I do a ton of those on TikTok. The Procreate right. time lapse, which I feel like they kind of get a little stale. So I got to, <laughs> I got to start. I did record. Um, I was doing a sticker design for a friend the other day, and I was like, "Oh, like she won't mind if I." That's also a part of it is asking clients. If she, I just need to be more open. Which just I'm, put it in your contract. Any client would be most clients. I should say would be happy to have me share the process because it's just giving more eyes to their to their work. But that's um, exactly it. I was doing a sticker design for a friend. So I just opened, um, QuickTime and did like a screen recording of me making a sticker. So I'm totally, that was like a fun, easy, like practice of like doing something like that. Cause I never had like recorded my screen, that style for like a video. So yeah, I just need to, I just need to be better about, uh, documenting my,
1: my life. But it's also, <laughs> it's, it's a thing of like, do it in a way that's embedded to your process. Naturally is what I keep telling people It's like, don't feel like you have to set aside time to make content. When you have to do your job, so for me, yeah, going live on TikTok when I'm working on a logo, I have to do this logo anyway. I might as yeah. well go live and benefit from the 600 to 800 people that are popping in, even if they stay for two minutes. Yeah. And then on top of that, I'm screen recording on my desktop with QuickTime. So now oh, I've got smart. a I've got a laptop POV and I've got a screen record because sometimes the laptop POV one doesn't look good or the lighting's weird or it's funky. Yeah. But at yeah. least I have that angle and I have my narration over the top because once you go live on TikTok, you can also download the live and chop that up. And that's great. So even if you time lapse it and, and scooch it up, or you get, if you want a rant, which I do a lot, <laughs> then I might, ch- I might chunk out that piece and then to have the, the screen recording on QuickTime. And then there's also such good discourse that happens in the comment section. So and true. it also feels a lot less lonely and it makes it so that I'm not scrolling my phone when I'm supposed to be doing my work.
0: Yeah. I've noticed that it's, it's night and I don't, I like, will put on music and like, I'm a, I'm a sucker. If I'm like watching a show, I will work while I have have a show on. And so like, it makes me not do that. It makes me be off my phone. It's like kind of an accountability buddy and the loneliness. Cause it is, it gets, that's one thing, even if you have a team, which, you know, you, even if you have a team and you're not like, in person, even if you were in person, you're still like the owner and like in charge of like these people. And, and I'm saying that in sense of like, they're like looking to their livelihoods and like their jobs. And like, I care about them and like that kind of not being like in charge, like, you know what I Mm -hmm. mean? Mm -hmm. Um, and even with people around, it's still like such a lonely business and just being a entrepreneur in in general, it's, it's, you know, it's you. And so it's on you. So it's hard sometimes.
1: Yeah. Live streaming is also a great way to drive people to your other content that you have for them. Absolutely. So if somebody comes on and they say, you know, where did you get these fonts? How did you do that? How did you outline this? Um, I want to start a a graphic design business. Where should I go? I'm sending them to the podcast. I'm sending them to the Facebook group. I'm sending them to all 80 different examples of brand designs on my page and really helping to educate them. And my favorite question is (laughs) when people (laughs) come on my live who've never been on the TikTok live before and they go, wait, is this a real project? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah it's a yeah. real project like this is my job like it might be seven o'clock on a Wednesday and I have a hard kombucha and a wine glass but it is my <laughs> job like this is what I'm getting paid to do and I'm getting paid a pretty penny to do it so you know like it kind of opening up people's eyes to what what that could look like I think is so important too right yeah because absolutely. the the workspace is so different than it was even just a few years ago
0: yeah, it's absolutely wild. It's so funny. My um, uh, she'll hate me for a second talking about this, but my little sister, um, she's a computer engineering major. Um, I don't know where we where we got it from, but we both were like mm, gung ho engineering, and she's like thinking about changing her major to graphic design, <laughs> um, because mm-hmm. she's like sees what I'm doing, and she's like it's it is this weird mixture of like techie and creative. And I think that's why my engineering grade loved it. So she sees what I'm doing when I'm home. She's a freshman in college. And she's like, this looks like she's also very creative. She's a very good artist. Um, She took like AP art in high school and stuff and Mm -hmm. very talented. And um, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it's like a really great way to, to make a living being creative, but also being like, you know, you have to be somewhat type A. And I think that's why we were talking, we've talked about this before, but I think that's why we both, do so well too and people we I like, mentioned earlier, but like organization and being like able to like so things that like I don't think should be are that impressive uh, are imp- that, yeah, Things that I don't think are that <laughs> That's impressive. How I like, feel too. Oh my God. People will be like, you respond to emails so well. I'm like, I respond to your email like 16 hours after you sent it. Like what are you I doing? got
1: complimented <laughs> from an inquiry yesterday. It was a nine a M discovery call and I called him at nine o'clock on the dot and he goes, Wow, and you're punctual too. Yes. And I was like, are oh other people not? And he no, goes. Yeah, I think, this agency yesterday yeah. blew me off for the first fifteen minutes. I was like, "You're joking! You're joking!" Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, agencies as a whole, I, I've worked. I worked with a couple. I, yeah. I, it, there, it, it can be a little, little iffy, but not to. I'm sure there's some good ones out no, there. No, totally. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, and I think that sometimes those skills. I was telling my sister this, like the, the skills that you think or come so easy to you and they're like, ah, oh, everyone has to be able to like have a conversation or interview or like to send a thank you note or like these little things that are, are come easy to some people. Um, those are what set you out in your business. And so like sending Absolutely. clients, like just like a follow-up and like, I save clients like birthdays on my calendar. And they're like, just like little things that kind of, um, you know, add a human touch to running a yeah. business because we are a creative yeah. business. So let's stay creative.
1: Yeah, I think this was the biggest kind of eye-opening from the team retreat that I had was that we now, like being an entrepreneur now means that you get to play an active role in creating the kind of workplace that you would want to be a part of. And that is like the ultimate rebellion, right? Because you have the autonomy to create the type of workspace that you would want to be a part of and that you want to attract other people to. And so much about what I talk about with my team is like, And so much about what I learned from them back to me when they were doing their interviews with the the videographer was like, their favorite thing about working with our team was that we do happies and crappies every week. Oh, I love that. And here I'm like, my efficiency brain, (laughs) my efficiency brain is like, oh, we got too much stuff to talk about. Let's drop the happies and crappies. Like, I love you guys, but like, I think my perception is the best way to show my team I care about them is to give them their time back and to be as efficient yeah. and as respectful of their time as possible. And every single one of them, unprompted, without knowing the other person's answers, said that their favorite thing about working with this team is that we have an actual well-being weekly check-in. How mm. are you doing? What's going on in that. your life? How do you feel about your workload? How do you? What are you excited about? What's dragging you down? And it just becomes this really nice routine that feels extraneous, but it's the opposite. It's the total opposite. That. Yeah. I love happies and crappies too. Happies so and crappies cute. is just so fun. We got to do happies and crappies merch. I think that's the next thing coming down the pipeline. Absolutely. Um, but now we start doing it with our retainer clients. And so when we're talking to them every week about their social media projects or about their packaging projects, just kicking off a meeting with like a two sentence, what's going well and what's not going well, like how can we help? And then also because you never know what's going on with someone's life. You don't know if they have a health issue or if their family member died or if their pet is in the hospital. And to bring back that human element, I think it's something that is sad that it's so overlooked, but it's clearly so necessary.
0: And people, I think we've gone so far into like getting rid of that part of like business that like, and especially I'm sure with like COVID and, you know, business infiltrating personal lives and all that, like, it's kind of like this, like, weird fluctuation. But, like, I feel like we've taken so much human, human humanization out of, like, that stuff. Yeah. Like, putting – when yeah. you put a little bit back in, it makes you stand out. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Totally. It's so interesting.
0: Yeah, it is. It, it's, it's interesting that we – we're all – I think it's, like, that – what is it? Like, the shared human condition or whatever, like, the – you know, that I think that we're all looking for, you know, connection, whether it be personal or professional or – you know, romantic or whatever it is. Like, we're all in search of just like finding people that understand us, or understand what our business vision, or understand um, our goals as an entrepreneur, or understand our goals as a creative. And just like finding those people and like keeping them is so. And how, ha- figuring out how to keep them, I feel like is like the hardest part of what we do. And it's something that, like, you know, it's not just the illustrator files and the drawing yes. something and creating some graphics. It's like more more to that, yeah.
1: That's the magic of what we're able to do, right? Is because we're able to take people's information that they share with us and then reflect back to them what it should look like yeah. if they don't have that yeah. skill set. Like there is some, not to get like woo woo, but there's something really beautiful <laughs> about about showing someone that you see them, that you understand them, and you it's see them, like, yeah, in a way to empower them to then go live out and exist in the world in the way that they are so they have such a sense of pride. Right. They really feel represented by their brand. They feel really connected with the work that they're doing. They feel really elevated by the way that they show up visually. That's the magic of what we do.
0: Yeah. You know, absolutely. Cause I think that I don't know about you, but a lot of times when someone comes to me and something that they've had in mind for like forever, they're like, I'm finally ready to like create this thing. I'm finally ready to put this out in the world. I'm finally ready to start. Or like, I've started and I'm finally ready to like make it what I fully want it to be. It's like one of those two things. It's either like getting started or making what you've already started, you know, pretty and adding some like intention behind it. But I think that part of what we do is like especially those people that haven't really started yet and they've been like brewing on this idea for so long. Kind of what you said like having them feel seen and having their idea feel like real and seen is like my favorite part of what we what we do because it's like such a cool I don't know. It's like this, like it's helping people in a different way that isn't, you know, I went to, when I was going to college, I was like, I want to help people. That was like my reason for doing biomedical engineering. I was like, I'll be able to go to college and then go to med school and I want to, you know, help people. And so it's kind of weird that it's come full circle to like find another, you know, it's like totally random and also like not really intuitively quote unquote helping field that it is like, I feel like really getting to Get to that baseline of like what people are looking for and being able to be part of like this, this baby that they're having of an idea of this business. So I I love that. Uh Yeah.
1: (laughs) And that's what makes you want to keep going, right? It's like, it's that exchange of energy. It's the handoff. It's the showing somebody like, not only do I believe that your idea is good, I think it's so good. It could look like this. Yeah. I think it's going to be so awesome because it could look like this. And that's like such a cool feeling. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Aww, what are some we'll of your favorite now. projects? I know, right? So that's the word fuzzy. That's a good word fuzzy. Yeah. Uh, because you're a shy girl who doesn't share oh. about her projects enough online, <laughs> tell us about some of the, your most favorite projects and tell us about your gifts. Oh, are you joking yeah. me? This little known <laughs> fact gift famous. Uh-huh.
0: I yeah, I, I, so I make a lot of gifts on um like if you search ESM Creative on Instagram under like when you look look up gifts or on like TikTok I think it's like everywhere it's that Giphy app I make them like every season and I used to just think that it was like my my like friends would get really excited they're like oh, I can't wait to use this seasons like Halloween gifts or whatever I'd make um and I just kind of kept doing it and now I'm up to like I think I checked the other day I think it's almost four hundred million views on my, my gifts which is like so 400 weird four
1: hundred million is unreal <laughs> if only they'd pay that's me an unreal exactly. <laughs> system,
0: right yeah so those are fun yeah if only yeah if only yeah so those i keep like only the seasons up when you search and like also my like sure. i call it like my core collection which i actually really need to do a summer um now that i'm thinking about it i need to do like a fun summer one but um yeah those are always really fun that's a fun passion like passion project of mine and like i don't know i just i love illustrating i'm trying to right now my business is like 20 illustration and i'm trying to get it to like 35 40% illustration just cuz i think that that's something that really drives me but yeah so that's currently what i'm working on with that um i do a ton of podcast covers those are my sweet spot i love those because it's a mix usually the cover's illustration um that's like why people come to me is cuz i've seen something i've i've illustrated or if it's like people and illustration or you know it's a combo or whatever it is but i love that cuz it's a mixture of that branding cuz i do love i love the strategy behind branding i love like the ideation of branding um, so it's like branding and illustration combo, um, which I think is like a sweet spot with, with podcasts. Yeah. And, and I do gifts for like, for people, like I, that's like a, a service I offer, which I don't post about enough, which I need to do. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You already know what I'm going to tell you, which is like, please share them <laughs> and share them often. No, I get into this with my sister too, because she's a wedding planner and she has no shame posting projects that are three years old. And for some reason in my brain, I feel like if I've already posted about it, that it's somehow yeah, it's expired. Yeah, same.
0: Yeah, I need to be better at like, that But like, I
1: can't recirculate it. And she's like, no, 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 no. Like I, you don't have to tell them when you did it. It's if they're still using the branding, it's still a good brand. Even if they're not using the branding. If it's good it's work, it's good, good work. Brand. And it stands the test of time. But it would be so cool to see you post in a carousel, like little clips of all the gifts that you've made in collections. Like here's That's the so-and-so really and so collection, here's yeah. collection. Here's so-and-so's collection. Here's so and collection. And then I also want to see a TikTok from you that's just a rapid fire of every podcast cover you've designed since you started I your business. Do, I
0: should I really should do that. And I like I've done like I did gifts for goop. Like I've done gifts for cool clients that I just yeah. yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Share about it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, you and Natalie with Five House. I'm like, girls, what are you doing? What are we doing? <laughs> and it was still the timing of this is hilarious because yesterday I was sharing a bunch about the Facebook group on my Instagram stories and about how I really want to turn the Kiss My Aesthetic Facebook group into like a jobs posting board Mm -hmm. because with the recession and everything that's going on and like people being panicked about where they're getting their next project from, if I can help alleviate that and connect my clients with really talented people, then that's great for me. So the Kiss My Aesthetic Facebook group, if you're not in it, definitely join. So I was sharing yesterday on Instagram stories. It's a good time. Just all the recent ones that have just come in this last week, like is looking for a junior podcast editor. Babes Golf is looking for photographer, videographer. Someone else was looking for someone to help naming their business. I had a discovery call today where I was like, hey, post in the Facebook group. It's probably not going to be a project we can take on, but post in the group. Go for it. Yeah. Um, but then I put a poll at the end of the series that said like, hey, Michelle, help me get hired or hi- hire someone. And it was 100% get hired. And I was like, guys, if you guys if a hundred percent of you who are answering to this poll are saying you need help getting hired, what are we doing? It means you're watching my Instagram stories, you're not marketing yourself. Let's 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 step it up here, you know? Yeah. So then it's about kind of showing up and showing your work because people won't hire you if they don't know what you can do. So you gotta show them what you can do. Yeah. Or if they can't find you. Exactly. Exactly. They have to, they have to
0: find you to know. Yeah, absolutely. It's always so funny, like what like it's what takes off like where I guess this will like time this podcast, but like for your birthday box, it just like went viral. Uh-huh. It's not the same at all. Cause I, but I posted about, um I do this thing every time I have an empty jar of peanut butter and it, I'm not, I saw this this morning. I didn't make it up. A lot of people do it. Um But I, I do, a, I brew a shot of espresso. I shake up the peanut butter jar. And so it like dissolves into the espresso. Then I pour it over ice and oat milk. Sometimes I add maple syrup because, you know. Um, <laughs> but I've never thought of it as like that weird or like interesting, or like I I've seen other people do it on TikTok. It's not like I didn't come up with it. I think I probably saw it on TikTok like forever ago. But I've got I literally, I'm not kidding you. I counted them um before this because I was like, this would be funny to tell Michelle. I got like 32 story responses, like people that actually like responded to my story of like, A, what is this? B, this is so interesting, or like, C, what the, what the heck is this? Like, um, But it was just so funny, like what people like resonate with. And that's something that I like really debated. I was like, should I post my coffee? This is like kind of weird. And so I need to just be better about posting more about like not only like work stuff, but also my point of the story was posting about like your birthday box and like personal projects or personal interests or like things that you find interesting that you are interested by because people also love to connect with other like like minded or like people that are also interested in something. And so, like, showing that you're human behind the beautiful logos also has a power to connect you with, you know, clients and people that you might hire in the future, you know, who knows who's w- watching. So it's always interesting to kind of give a variety of things that you're posting about.
1: <laughs> Here's how I want you to ride that wave. Are you ready? <laughs> ready? I'm scared. <laughs> I want you to take the peanut butter coffee and do mixed media video illustration on top. Oh, Okay. Okay. So start okay. illustrating it. And then on your next day that you're sitting down to go live on Instagram, you say, you know, I had this like pseudo viral moment on my Instagram where everyone was asking me about my peanut butter coffee. So now <laughs> I'm going to draw a peanut butter coffee. And then I want you to turn peanut butter coffee into a GIF. Okay. And then I want it to be like a, if you try it, use my GIFs. Okay. If you make this post, use the GIFs that I made. It's this silly, ridiculous, innocuous moment, but in a way you making a coffee out of your jar of peanut butter is so your personality. <laughs> like having only not even known you that long, it's just enough quirky, silly. <laughs> while also being like, wait, low key, that's kind of a great idea
0: That's where it just
1: creates this <laughs> moment of connection that people want. And it's one of those things that like someone could have found you from that and is now invested in in that because it communicates those qualities, right? It's a very like casual off the cuff, but I'm creative, but if this is just something that I do and, and I love it. And, and just ride that wave. Cause I did that with these birthday boxes where I posted the first one and it didn't perform. And I was like, wah, wah. And I had clients that were like, if this doesn't go viral, like the algorithm is broken. Right. <laughs> and then, of course my sister posts it and it takes off and she's all proud about that. But I, totally rode that wave. And I said, here's everything that I sourced and how I sourced it. And then my client commented like, how much did everything cost? Follow up with the cost video. And I was like, oh no. That was my favorite was the cost one, just because it was interesting, the breakdown of like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then people were asking like, how did you make the necklace? And I was like, well, good thing I took videos when I was making them. See, that's
0: the thing is you're so good about taking taking videos of like doing that stuff. I just need it. Yeah. No, I completely, I should, I will, you will be proud. I did take my live videos or my live pictures I took and turned them into videos and made a TikTok of.
1: <laughs> so I did that. do that.
0: Um and then I posted my TikTok to my Instagram story, which I never do. So
1: I did that. There you go. Well post it as a real like if
0: you this video thing.
1: Snap tick, snap insta oh, to get the watermark yeah. off to put it back on. I did that literally yesterday I posted a, a reel that was a TikTok I made a month and a half ago. Because oh, when wow. people were saying people were saying like oh I need help getting hired. And what I just had a conversation with a friend of a friend on a dog walk who had a business who wasn't getting eyes on her stuff. She's like, I feel like it's too late to join TikTok. And that day I made a TikTok that said, if I were to start a TikTok account today, oh, this is how I would do it. I so that video is like two months old. Yeah. So I remembered that I had made that, went back to my TikTok, downloaded it, took it into CapCut, shortened it to just that so one, yeah. one idea, and then uploaded it as a reel. And it has like 300 saves. Yeah, stupid. because well, I also think with TikTok
0: nowadays, like I only have, I think I have like 5,000 followers on TikTok and I get tons of clients from TikTok Uh because a uh lot of people, A, don't follow and B, they'll like see something and then they'll like save that specific video and then they'll like follow up from that video, but they won't like follow. It's it's an interesting, it's an interesting world of, it's like the wild west of the internet, but um, I still get like tons, tons of work from TikTok, even not having like a lot of followers. So it's, it's an interesting, there's value still there. And that could be a whole episode itself, but just that's all I have to say about that.
1: <laughs> My brain is going way too fast. Cause now like with your peanut butter coffee, I almost want you to acknowledge how many DMs you got because that adds the social proof. I did. I did. I posted a post. I like 30 minutes <laughs> to make, cause I yeah, screenshot, screenshot all the them.
0: DMs and I made them a little short thing. And I, yeah, I know I did. I post all the DMs. Uh-huh.
1: Then you can take the video and like have the little comments pop up like boop, 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 boop as a cute. TikTok on its own.
0: Yeah, that'd be That's its
1: own freestanding TikTok. See, that's, what I'm really bad about like,
0: you're very good about, you'll take like an idea and you'll make a bunch of content around that one idea. And I'll have an idea, make one video or one post and be like, done. <laughs> I need
1: to- Yes, you're going to get more leverage out of it. And it's not yeah. about being bad or good. It's about, I'm very stingy with my time. So if I have an idea that people want information about, I'd rather give them all the information than have them keep coming back and asking questions and having to answer everybody 50 times.
0: Yeah, very true
1: right? So it's like you get your time back when you, especially if there's internet buzz, which is so hard to get these days, like getting 32 responds to a story is unreal. Like that's a high number. That's I a high there, number I'm for people. Every time I open my phone, there's another one. Yeah. And they're like, what is, I love the one that was like, Emma, what yeah. is this? <laughs> <laughs> you can use all those viral sounds. That's the thing. Ride the wave. For all you know, you're going to be doing a whole a whole peanut butter coffee brand in a year okay. from now. So
0: I have a, I've been working on a passion project of branding a coffee shop called uh, I love to read and it's called the Well Read uh, Well read Coffee. And so like each coffee flavor is like based on a book that has similar notes of like strong or bold or. Yeah. It's really cute. I've been working on it for like I literally six months. I wonder,
1: <laughs> I wonder now we, okay. Now we, we have to make find a whole it, I, guess episode. I wonder, <laughs> you know how people make like cocktails out of the Bon Maman jam jars? Oh my God. Yeah. What if you had like an orange marmalade jam jar and you made an espresso coffee because the espresso orange is such a crossover Ooh, flavor right delicious. now? Wouldn't that be good? That'd be really good. I have Orange marmalade in my fridge. sold.
0: Sorry, I'm Bon Maman I'm a Bon Maman. Oh. I freaking do it. I freaking knew it. Why did I know
1: that? I got the
0: uh, Advent calendar. Uh, this is a very funny story, and it's totally off topic, but I think it will be good. Um, I have. I got the Bon Mamon Advent calendar at Christmas, and so every day for 25 days, you got a miniature jar. And in my mind, when I first got it, I was like, "Oh, this is heaven!" Like, and I, I bought one for my mom too. And we'd open it every day together, and I'd FaceTime her and be like, "Oh, cranberry, delicious!" I'd put it on my shelf. I have probably used four of them because I already have jam in my fridge. And I saw that viral, like the jam jar cocktails, and I was like, "Oh, I have all these jams! Like I should." So I went out with friends, like a cup. This is like a month ago, and I was like, "Hey guys, like this is really weird. I have all these jam jars, like." I'm going to bring some and we can flavor our drinks tonight with our
1: jam. So I went out to bars and would scoop my Bon Maman into... Oh my God, I love that. (laughs) I love that. No, because the ingredients are the same, right? Like this is the funnest thing about being creative in general. It's like, if you want a fruit flavor and you want it a little bit sweet, like that's what you would be adding anyway. Like some jam, yeah. And now you've got peanut butter jelly coffee. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> i love it the best part of making the tiktok okay. was looking at all those peanut butter sounds okay <laughs> totally like totally
1: <laughs> no no not even but like okay as in like if you and i are left to our own devices we will oh. actually not work all day
0: <laughs> we would also like ru- we would rule the world we could like we'd come up with that everything too. would be beautiful
1: <laughs> that too that too wow i can't wait for you to ride this like peanut butter wave <laughs> oh peanut butter God. coffee wave i love I'm it i'm so into it I'm so into it. Anyway, without taking too much more of your time or anyone who's now listened to us ramble about <laughs> <laughs> peanut butter <laughs> coffee. <laughs> and peanut butter coffee. Um, where can everyone find you, follow you, connect with you, and hire you for branding or illustration?
0: My website's my full name, Emma and that has like links to everything. But my Instagram is esm.creative. Um, that's where you can find me on like TikTok, all the things, Instagram, Facebook whatnot. And then my podcast is called Sorted. The Instagram is sorted.pod. It's all about organization processes, your desk drawers, and that we're just finished season two. So hopefully we'll be back for season three soon. And hopefully Michelle will be on as well. Um, I'd love to. (laughs) And then um, I also host retreats And that is called Golden Arrow Guild. And so that is, we have one coming up uh, in May in Charleston. So excited about that. Yeah, that's kind of it. That's a lot to plug, but
1: that's where you can find me. No, that's amazing. That's amazing. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast and we'll catch you guys next time. Oh my God, thanks so much for having me. Bye. (music) Thanks for joining us for the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. Don't forget to follow along and leave us a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. We'll see you in the Kiss My Aesthetic Facebook group for years and years of behind the scenes content and over 5,000 connections with fellow creatives. For show notes from today's episode, please visit mkwcreative.co slash podcast. This episode was edited by Berta Wired, and theme music comes from Eliza Vera and Nathan Menard. Catch you next time.